Hello and welcome to July's edition of the Investment Week podcast where we will be looking into the role of women in asset management as we look ahead to our first ever Women Investment Awards. This will take place later this year. We will also take a look at this month's biggest industry news, including the publishing of the FCA's final report as it concludes its asset management market study, and also see what the latest update is on Cascade, the asset management industry's initiative to raise money for cancer research. I'm your host, Natalie Kenway, and I'm news editor of Investment Week, the premier publication serving professional investors in the UK since 1995. You can find out more about us by visiting www.investmentweek.co.uk. Investment Week recently announced the launch of our Women in Investment Awards, celebrating and recognising the achievements of women in a sector where they are currently underrepresented. The awards will aim to recognise those that have inspired and campaigned for great representation of women both in the investment sector and on company boards. We have seen initiatives such as the Treasury's Women in Finance, the Investment Association's Diversity Project and the 30% Club play a key role in supporting gender diversity, but some feel there are still barriers for females in our industry. Bev Shah, former fund selector at Aviva Investors, recently set up the City Hive Network to help groups address this issue and extend support to women at all levels in this industry. Bev, thank you for joining us. How do you think female representation in our asset management is improving? I don't think it is improving. I think we're actually just at the start of the journey. Um, initiatives like your awards, City Hive, the Diversity Project, Women in Finance Charter, they're all very young, um, they've only been around for less than a year. So that's the drum that's been banged in order for people to realise there's a problem. And now we start on that journey of putting initiatives into place that hopefully will help improve women rep female representation. Okay, and what has been done to increase the number of women in senior roles? Do you think enough has been done? Well, the 30% Club um, obviously have managed to get 30% um, female representation on boards. Um, but again, there's a long way to go in terms of senior roles. Um, the one problem I can foresee, though, is that there is a hurdle, though, that I foresee in that we don't want people to see this as a affirmative action. Um, you know, when women are given a senior role, it should be known that they're given the role because they're the best person for the job, not, not just because they're a woman. Um, but also, there is a psychology behind how people apply for jobs. Um, women tend to only apply for a job when we can do 95 to 100% of the job. So we don't just blag it. <laughs> um, you know, there have been studies done where if, if a job says there's, you know, you need 15 years experience, oh, I've only got 14 years and nine months, so I can't possibly apply. Whereas a man will go, oh, I've got six years experience, I'm just going to go for it. And that's just to do with the psychology of men and women. Um, I think there needs to be a lot of work done around how we apply for jobs, how jobs are worded, um, you know, when, when they're put out on job boards, um, even moving towards um, blank CVs, like taking, uh, making them anonymous so you don't know what gender they are. Um, 
Because in that way, you're not going to just look at a senior hire and go, oh, well, she's just been hired because she's a woman. Okay. And can you give a brief summary of the initiatives that City Hive has been working on with the groups? What have you been up to recently? In September, we plan to launch our digital magazine, The Journal, which will have various stories to do with positive um, HR-type stories going on in different firms, different initiatives that people are doing, the kind of thing that maybe Investment Week wouldn't, you know, not because they're not investment-led, so the kind of thing Investment Week wouldn't pick up on or any of the financial press. We want to highlight the firms that are doing positive um, initiatives towards diversity in their firms. And so it's almost like a show and tell. If you can show what you're doing, other people might follow to normalize different initiatives. So that's what the journal's going to do. There will also be various professional development articles on there, advice on various things. We've got experts on employment law, on um, just, just lots of things from just to make your, your work-life balance a lot easier as a woman. We've also got a careers portal. Um, we're working with a recruitment firm called Herschel Recruitment. Because um, one of the really big campaigns that I'm campaigning on is flexible working. But I'm very passionate about 10 to 2 school hours. Um, why can't we move, you know, we're in the, in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution at the moment. Technology is changing everything. We've got this whole gig economy going on. Why can't we work 10 to 2 school hours as a mother, um, doing a project, bringing all that experience you might have had before you were a mother? Uh, I know this is not just for mothers, by the way. You might have other things you want to do with your life, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be 10 to 2. But why can't you do project work? Why can't you cover a maternity leave? Why can't you do a job in those hours? Um, and anyone thinks that's a part-time job, it isn't. Because if you are a working mother, you're working two jobs. That means you have no downtime. Um, so those are one, that's one of the initiatives we're working on. We're also trying to um, focus on recruiting for um, boards within the investment industry, whether it's um, for an asset manager themselves or whether it's one, for one of the many boards that obviously run mutual funds and investment trusts. Um, and the really exciting thing we're going to have is a professional development program, um, which is open to anyone. There's three levels to it, depending on where you are in your career. Uh, we have some very, very exciting workshops coming through that, which will hopefully help skill you up to compete mm -hmm. in a very male-dominated industry that we're in. Okay, that all sounds very exciting. So um, how do you think attitudes to women uh, within the industry have changed? Or, and do you still think that a lot of barriers remain in place? Attitudes are changing, and I think that's because we have a new generation coming through. Um, we have a new generation of men becoming more senior. They are married to professional women. They've seen their, their wives, you know, face those hurdles through their career. They've been hands-on with their own kids. Maybe they don't want their daughters going through and their sons going through what we're going through. So I think attitudes are slowly changing. We've moved away from the 1950s model of marriage. Uh, no one in this economy can afford not to have both parents working or both, you know, how does anyone pay a mortgage um, mm -hmm. at the end of the day? So attitudes are changing. I think for me through City Hive, one thing I feel very passionately about is this is not about bashing men. Um, this is about 
just highlighting that men and women are different and women don't need to mimic male behavior. We don't need, you know, why do we need to have our successes defined in male terms? That's not to, nothing to do with monetary value. That's just slowly learning as an industry to appreciate what women bring to the table. And that's what diversity is all about. It's about different biases, different backgrounds, different beliefs, putting thought into ideas. Okay, well that all sounds great. Thank you very much for coming to speak to us today, Bev. I really appreciate that. I am now joined by Investment Week Senior Asset Management Correspondent Jane Arana to see what the biggest stories have been over the last few weeks. So Jane, what is everyone talking about at the moment? Thanks Nat. Well, it's gone a bit quieter than it was obviously when it came out at the end of last month, but it's still very much at the front of everyone's minds and that's the FCA's Asset Management Market Study. The final report released on the 27th of June responded to feedback from its interim report which came out last November and that was really critical of the actively managed funds industry. Even so, this time round it still hasn't really changed its overall conclusions. Yes, I can remember it was quite scathing. Can you remind us what those conclusions are? So the key takeaways were that neither active nor passive funds outperformed their benchmarks after costs and that there's considerable price clustering on the asset management charge for retail funds. They also noted that there's insufficient evidence to conclude that the growth in passives has actually led to an increase in competition for active managers as average charges for their funds have remained broadly constant since 2008. Meanwhile, it reiterated concerns about how asset managers communicate their objectives to clients and how useful they are for retail investors. Okay, so there is a lot to think about there. What is the FCA proposing the industry does to address these issues? The FCA has come up with something called a package of remedies. This is to make competition work better in this market and to protect those least able to actively engage with their asset manager. One of the most eagerly awaited measures is the all-in fund fee proposal, but work still needs to be done in light of changes that we're seeing coming through MIFID 2 and PRIPS. Yes, it sounds like a lot of work is ahead of us. What happens next? I guess the main thing to do now is to monitor the effectiveness of those proposals and to respond quickly if any other issues arise. For something called the final report though, the study seems to have just kicked off a series of further consultations on areas such as charging disclosure and fund governance. It's a bit disconcerting but it's one of those cases where we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Yes, I'm sure many members of the industry will be keeping a close eye on this. How has Cascade, the industry-wide initiative to raise £1 million for Cancer Research UK, been going? Really well. As our listeners will probably already know, we smashed the target about a month ago, so that's now been raised to £2 million. We've only just hit the halfway mark, so I think this can be done, and there's so many more challenges yet to be completed. That's fantastic. Um, what kind of challenges have we seen recently? And I hear you've been involved? Yeah, so um, at the end of June, about 300 or so people did uh, the walk and talk night walk. That was, uh, it started off in Exchange Square in Liverpool Street, and basically it was just 13 miles, I say just, um, it was 13 miles or 10k walking through London overnight. Uh, an amazing 30 grand was raised, which included a team from Investment Week, including yours truly, raising just over 700 pounds of that. 
And there's so many other things. You've got Morningstar still very much on track to spin the distance from their office in Chicago to their base in Sydney. And they're back now, but, but just last week, Sandland Wealth did a nine-day cross-country cycle, which started on Monday. Everyone's really getting involved in this, and they're doing their bit to help this amazing charity, which sadly affects a lot of our lives. What a brilliant initiative, and you're right, it is a cause that affects so many people. Well, that's all for today. If you would like to get in touch with questions or ideas you may have for any future podcasts, please get in touch with me at natalie.kenway at incisivemedia.com. Thank you for listening.